Hi, this is Ariana Chevalier. Um, this podcast is for adults only. You must be 21 and over. 18. 18. Well, we're, we're 21. You must be 21 and over. And that's it. If you're younger, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Hi, and thanks for downloading another Massacast. This is the last Massacast of the year, actually. Um, and this is also the last uh, episode where I'm going to bug anybody about donating to our big fundraiser for another year of the Massacast. As I'm, as I'm recording this, this is uh, the 22nd, Sunday the 22nd. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we're only 75% of the way there. So it's looking like we're not going to hit the goal, but thank you to everyone who's who's donated so far, it's really, really appreciated. Um, but to be honest, we're probably not going to hit the goal. It would take it would take a Christmas miracle for us to hit the goal at this point. Oh, 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 oh. What? Merry Christmas! Santa Claus? Santa Claus? Did, did you just hear me talking about needing a Christmas miracle? Oh, no! Oh. I just need to drain the snake. Oh, uh... So you're not here to come up with the remaining 25% we need to... So you're not no. here? If I were to do that, I wouldn't have any toys left over for the orphans. Yeah. You wouldn't like that, would you? It's a tough choice between the podcast and, and orphans. I hmm. Well, I know you're a good boy because you're always on my nice list, even if you like to pretend that you're naughty. I, this is true. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm on, I'm on the nice list. How's, is Sod on the nice list, too? She exists in a gray area. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Santa, I'm sorry you're not able to deliver the Christmas miracle um, that we need to get that extra 25%, but uh, I do appreciate you you stopping by. Is there any way I can sit on your lap, perhaps, maybe? Let me drain the snake first. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, do you have any requests for the, the Massacast in the, in the coming year, if we, if we hit our goal? Oh, yes. You should have more women talk about their feet. Oh, oh really? Santa likes feet. Oh, see, Santa. I like those little Christmas sausage toes. <laughs> okay, okay, it's getting creepy now. Uh, Santa, <laughs> thank you for for stopping by. You can use the bathroom just down the hall to the right, and uh, I'm sorry you're not here to deliver a Christmas miracle. <laughs> thank you. Wow, those sound, the sleigh bells almost sound like they were downloaded from the internet. Uh, so yes, you can still download. You can go to Massacast.com and uh, click on the donate button. And uh, uh, Oh, also coming up in a future episode, very soon, uh, Naylan Blake is going to be back on the show. And we, we, we've talked about this in the past, but now we're actually going to do it. We're going to do a, a feature called Ask a Gay Guy with Naylan, where you can ask him any question. Naylan's uh, on the phone right now. He's actually on Skype. And I think officially we're calling it Ask a Gay Guy. Yeah, well, you called me with a question. I did. I, I called you with a question just personally. I had a question like, "Was this? Was I an asshole?" Type of thing. Uh, uh -huh. And so we kind of expanded upon it. And I'll ask you the question when we do the actual show. But yeah. uh, we're we're inviting people to email, tweet, or what have you, and and ask you any question uh, relevant to being a gay guy. Yeah, or or like uh, you know, I'm a switch. I'm, I've played with people all across the gender spectrum. There's stuff you want to know. 
then then you can right now it sounds like you're in an undisclosed location but you're actually it's a little it's a little muffled uh, so is that better there you go that's better it might just be because you got a beard <laughs> i don't know that's, uh, that's nature's windscreen for you <laughs> okay so so uh uh, any question, no question is uh, is too stupid. There might be some questions that someone just... I, I always wanted to know this, but I just couldn't. I didn't feel comfortable asking my gay friends because I didn't want to be that guy or that girl. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I found that um, the more I've like taught people, the more I've hung out with people, people have tons of questions and they're often too shy to ask. So this is... This, this is my community service. I'm, I'm happy to answer any question. Uh, and I'm sure I'll think of a couple because, uh, again, there are these questions that you just like, it would be inappropriate to ask, right? And, and normal, even if it's a friend of yours, it would be inappropriate to ask. So if someone has a burning question or just, uh, what should I do in this situation? Um, how do I, you know, how do I go about setting up a friend with another, you know, what? It could be anything. I'm, any, I'm etiquette because hey, the, the nice thing is is again you're you're a nice guy people know that they're getting quality uh, advice and and, uh, and uh, they can benefit from your experience and your niceitude and nothing makes me happier than hearing about people's out you know completely weird experiences <laughs> as, I, as I say in my profile unusual kinks make me smile <laughs> Uh, I'm really excited for this episode, and they, they've got a few weeks to to uh, message us, uh, either tweet, you know, contact you directly, or email themassacast.com, and then we'll we'll do the the first of hopefully many ask a gay guy episodes. Ask me anything without all of the Reddit jerkery. <laughs> yes, right. So it'll be an intellectual conversation filled with possibly childish questions, but nonetheless, it's it'll be good. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Nayland. I'm really looking forward to this. Me too. So, uh, mastercast.com, shoot me an email for Nayland. It's ask a gay guy any question you want. Finally, you can have it answered. Uh, right now, let's do this. Friend of the show, Sinclair from sugarbutch.net. Here's a, here's a good chunk of time spending time with our friend Sinclair. Uh, long time no see. Hi, it's great to talk to you. It's, uh, you uh, you uh, moved away from New York. I did. And uh, we followed, uh, all of us New Yorkers, we've just been walking around just kind of like, oh, what happened? Uh-huh. Uh, what's going on? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that really sucks eggs. Uh, but, but, uh, so are, are you planning on, are you just kind of taking a break from the city? Is it one of those things or? Uh, no, I, you know, I think that New York was a break for me. It was a, a um it was temporary. It was always only temporary, unfortunately, for the very many people that I really love over there. Um, I, I'm really glad I did it. I was there almost nine years, and I'm I'm a West Coaster, so I I don't really miss it, to be honest. I'm shaking my head. Aww, because we, you know, we New Yorkers, we got into this relationship assuming it was something long term, <laughs> and you you got into it, assuming it was temporary. You're right. So it's sort of like. 
Hmm. You know, you could have told us that from the beginning. As, you know, assumptions are, are hard in relationships. You got to be clear about <laughs> things. It's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, it's such an incredible city, but there's so many people that go through it. It's such a high volume. You know, there's so many people who were there shorter than I was while I was there and then left. And I, it's, it's very fascinating. There's a whole ex New Yorker kind of, um, genre literature genre out there right now there. Do you see like seal press just put out a book about leaving the city? Oh, really? It's been, what's what? Uh, it's just about the, what's it like reacclimating to normal society? Well, it's more about like the kind of bittersweet life there and how other places in the country are, sometimes easier to live <laughs> yeah so like we're tor sort of torn with that too because we love the city but at the same time we know we'll never get a backyard while we're if we live right. here right we know that uh there's probably a very little chance we're actually gonna you know have savings while we're here right so you know do we move away from new york where it's gonna be quieter and we could probably you know get some savings and maybe you know if we ever decided to start a family or something like that it'd be much easier there or do we move away from, and do we stay in New York where, you know, we're happy? You know, I don't know. It's really, it's really, it really sucks eggs. What really the, the solution is, and we've got it, we're actually working on this, right? I should say I'm working on this. And that is if I win the lottery, um, I won't have to choose. We could get play something, you know, with a backyard here in New York or, uh, or have a second place. So I'm just waiting for that to kick in. I mean, it's, it's a done deal. I'm just post-dating checks all the time. So, <laughs> so uh, the um, lottery is your long-term plan. Yes. Mm. Yes. That's my long-term well, plan. Well, I hope that works out for you. <laughs> that, that and the extremely lucrative Massacast advertising money oh, that yes. comes in. Yes. Copious. We don't, I should maybe start having, no, we're never going to have advertisers. So, um. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I think a big piece of why I left was because I got really attached to doing full-time freelance work and, and uh, writing and teaching and coaching people one-on-one -on -one and doing queer trans uh, activism and, and uh, artistic creative expression work. So, um, if I was going to do that, what the really the first thing that had to happen was that I needed to have less expenses yeah. because the income is so unreliable and sometimes really a challenge um, that I, I needed to cut down my expenses and my rent is more than half of what it was in New York and I don't I'm not sad about that. <laughs> now, where are you living now? I live in North Oakland at the moment, but um, honestly, it's still a little urban for me. I'm I would like to live in a cabin in the woods pretty soon. <laughs> we'll uh, see. Uh, so, you know, you're a very, uh, for people who don't know, I don't know wh why, but you've been on the show several times, so people should know you, but um, you, you're you pretty public about your blogging. Yeah. Um, and you went through a, a breakup, and uh, it was really, as a reader, you know, that that was really hard uh, as a reader to go through, just because we were like, no. I know. You know. I know. Um, were you like blogging about it real time or was it something like, okay, I've got to deal with this and I'm going to write about it afterwards? Um, yeah, I'm almost not at all. I was, I was not really at all blogging about it real time. There was a lot in the last year or so that we were together that was, um, that was really difficult between us. And so I, I didn't write a lot about it as any of that was happening. I spent a right. lot of time leaning on my friends and talking to them and going to therapy and doing, you know, my own work and writing a lot, but not publishing it. Um, and you know, I think 2012 was one of the years since I started blogging that I've had the least amount of content up online because of that. 
Right. Um, I just didn't, I didn't post what I was working on for the most part. And it but took me don't... a long time. I just posted the, over the summer, kind of a big, long, well, it wasn't summer. It was, I think it was September, a big, long post about like, this is what happened. And I, yeah. um, and it, so it took more, um, you know, almost a year. We split up in December last year and, uh, um, you know, 10 months for me to write something that explains things. And that was really hard. It was really hard to do that so publicly. It was really hard to, to have people talking about it and replying and writing comments about like, I wish you hadn't broken up or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, me too. But also like, this isn't just your soap opera that you're following. Right. This is my real life. And I don't know. Some people really get that. And I had some fascinating conversations with readers because of that. Just saying like, you don't owe us anything, but also I'd really like to know. And it's hard to engage with, you know, your new relationship or where you are now because I don't know where you came, what happened. I missed a piece. Yeah, it's 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 tough because um, realistically, it's impossible to write about everything that goes on in a relationship. Of course. Right? And also, if you're in a relationship, part of that is that you sort of have to have an agreement with that person. I mean, even if it's an unspoken agreement, look, you're not going to write about everything, right? There's some things that have to be just between you and... Um, and on top of that, the people who are reading it, they only if they only see the kinky stuff or they only see one side, then they assume that's all it is, right? Absolutely. Um, did you do you think because you're such a public figure in the in the scene, uh, did that make the breakup harder? Or uh, it it definitely made the breakup harder, especially in terms of um, um, I don't know, being. Uh, hanging out with uh, at public events the mm -hmm. people because the stories out there often feel like they can comment on it and uh, just out of the blue and um and that's another thing that happened last year that was a big challenge about and and that changed the way that i i write a little bit a little bit which is that my dad died and i had at a couple different workshops really really close to right after it happened i did i did write a post about it and i kind of well first i wrote a post about it then i also wrote uh, a call a plea on my kind of annual donate me money time of year which i do just about once a year um and i said so will you please donate if you have any extra and get me a help get me a plane ticket home to go to this wake and and they and the readers did. It was amazing. The outpouring of love was amazing. I felt really blessed and lucky for that. Um, but then, in in the very quickly after that, all of that happened, I would go. I was going back to my regular gigs and college gigs and teaching things and readings and things like that. And a couple different people just out of out of the blue, like at a reading, you know, getting their book signed. Hi, will you sign this? My name is so and so. Yeah, that's spelled with an E. Oh, sorry about your dad. And I, I, it would just stop me in my tracks because I was, it was still so shocking to me. I was still in so much shock and not kind of not even having an idea about how to start grieving. And, right. um, and it made me really want to not talk about that process <laughs> right? Um, because I would be caught off guard. And, you know, the, the other side of all of that is that the more I can be open about what's going on and the more I have been open the more people I get just going, oh my God, thank you for articulating this. You say things that are in my head, but that I haven't figured out how to say. And, and I'm so grateful and this really helped. Or, or even like someone just the other day said, I, I sent all of these links to my girlfriend and now she understands what's going on with me even better than she did before. And it's so much better now. Thank you. And that means so much to me when 
my articulation of my story helps other people articulate their stories, yeah. which is, which is ultimately the whole reason why I do that, why I write about my own personal life. But it's, it's such a challenge when that also just puts me in an incredibly vulnerable position where I, I wouldn't tell relative strangers that I just had this intensely horrible breakup or that I just had this grief, uh, you know, death in my family that was completely, um, uh, a surprise it was not coming at all. He was not sick. It was just a yeah. sudden heart attack. So it was really shocking. Um, uh, so that's, but that's I, part it, of the nature of sharing your personal life and how it goes. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I have the impulse to, to do it. Right. <laughs> um, the connection that can happen around that has been so important to me. It's not just that. There's also something therapeutic yes. uh, on your end, right? Absolutely. So um, there's something about writing and you know choosing your words. There's something very uh, deliberate about that 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 I found has helped me. You know, like oh, you know, there have been times when I was just really upset about something, and I would sit down and write about it. And um, and I kind of get this vibe from a lot of people, kind of in the in the sex blog community too. I don't know, it's sex blog. I, I don't really like that term, but whatever. Um, there's that. Uh, you know, you sit down, you're, you're going to talk about, you write about something, and it's almost like uh, you come to the conclusion or you, you come to a realization while you're writing it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I definitely get that. Uh, well, in your writing, it almost, when I'm reading yours, it almost feels like, all right, Sinclair already knows where she's going with this, mm-hmm. and I'm just sort of along for the ride. And it's really fascinating. It's really fascinating to 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 read. So. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I really don't, though. It just depends on the piece. I mean, I really believe in in writing as a therapeutic journey and as a um, as a way to find oneself. There's a great quote about writing of uh, it's it's a great way to get to know what you don't know that you already know, which I <laughs> which I use a lot. And and I've also been lately. I've been studying here in the Bay Area with Jennifer Cross, who runs the workshops called Writing Ourselves Whole, which is all about um, the process of writing as a as a healing act and as a self-awareness act. And it, the, the workshops themselves are fantastic. I definitely recommend them. But then, and she has various um, online resources and online um, uh, classes as well. Um, but that, that model of, of writing to discover oneself is really valuable to me. It's been my highest form of art. Uh, well, as someone who doesn't know anything about art, but at the same time enjoys your reading, that makes me feel <laughs> that, like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm I'm high class. Or oh something. yeah, I don't know, high yeah. class. Um, I mean, it's deep. It's deep creation work, I think. And when we go deep into the shadow and into ourselves and create from there, I think that's some of the most powerful stuff we can do. You, uh, um, it seems it seems to me that in the last. Well, and maybe it's just as an observer that you have in the last year, maybe pushed yourself really hard and, uh, you've been, it seems like you've been traveling a lot more than you normally have been. Is that right or no? Or is that just in my head? Um, I would say last year and this year have been very high, high travel years for me. Yes. Last year. So I had a book come out right, right after my dad died. He died in March and the book came out in April. And then I launched on a, like a four month tour of, uh, 15 something cities. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't steadily on the road for four months, but I'd go one place and come back and go another place and come back. And, um, and so that tour combined with my usual spring and fall college gigs meant that I was really, 
really on the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in addition to that, I was dating someone long distance, my boy, who's now my full-time boy that I live with. And so we were also finding all sorts of excuses to, to travel and see each other. Um, this year I've, I've traveled a bit because when I left New York city in April, I didn't actually settle and get an apartment in the Bay area until, uh, middle of August. So I spent, what is that five six months almost um kind of deliberately uh homeless and without all my stuff was in storage and we were uh he and I were traveling around together and also getting some sublets here and there so you know we had places to stay we just weren't we didn't have a place that was ours I'm not sure if that would be extremely liberating or extremely stressful. It felt really good. You know, some, I definitely got ready to, to settle, but part of it was that I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in, uh, to land in the Bay area. It was, I was not certain that this is the place that I want to be. And, and, um, so I tried it out for some of the spring and then we actually drove from the Bay area up to Alaska and visited my family. And then we both came back and, um, decided to get an apartment and, in San Francisco, in Oakland for now. So what, what's it like going from uh, a long-term relationship to living with a person? Is that, is oh, that a intense. huge shift? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in some ways it's a huge shift and in some ways it's a huge relief because he and I cohabitate very well and we want the same things out of a, out of a partnership. And a lot of that had to do with DS and the ways that um, my uh, ex now, was struggling with the power tendencies that I wanted to have in a relationship. And, um, uh, and the boy and I are really well matched there. Like what can you give me, can you explain what your, what your DS relationship is like? Yeah. So right now the DS is, um, very strongly, uh, ownership and possess possessive based. And, um, we have been exploring a lot of MS in addition to the DS. So we have, a variety of we have a, a long contract that we co-authored we have a variety of um protocol and rules and then we have some training areas that he follows also um and basically the the gist so we have like a beautiful i don't even know what it is 15 page maybe document that we co-authored and it had all these elaborate things in it and then after that that was um uh and and now which that was more than six, eight months ago. And now we have a, um, a, like a one paragraph contract that says basically do what the dominant says. <laughs> and, um, and it, it's the distilled version. There's a little more to it than that, but it's it really, um, it got a lot simplified as our circumstances got closer and closer. So as we were living together, we have different, you know, we didn't need all these, um, things about other partners and things about other, uh, circumstances of, you know, when do you, email me back or whatever. It's different. Right. So there are, there are people, um, there are people who use DS and MS sort of synonymously. And I noticed you use them mm. as separate things. Uh, what, what's the difference for you in your mind? Um, well, I think there are a lot of people who, whose relationships, um, uh, whose DS relationships are just as intense or just as, like uh, uh, all encompassing as plenty of people who use MS. Um, right. But for me, I started discovering the difference 
especially around ownership and possession. I think those were the, those are the major differences and the, the ways that I have been defining it lately, I'm still trying to get really clear about this cause it's, it's murky to me, but the mm-hmm. ways I've been defining it are about, um, MS being that the S in that relationship is aspiring to give over a hundred percent fully to the M and in the DS worlds, the S is aspiring to give over everything maybe that the, the D wants, but also um, frequently still has some of their own limits. Hmm. I can see that. The, yeah, I mean, the S and the MS would would basically would basically not have their own limits. I mean, they would have the um, they would hopefully be you know involved in a relationship where the the M in that partnership wasn't going to ask for things that they weren't willing to give. But that part of the fetish of MS, I actually think, is doing things because someone else wants it, despite not wanting it yourself. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it's sort of the uh, I'm doing this because it's uncomfortable, you know. Right. Sort of like a yeah. Some people really Um, get off on that. I have found, and it um, and that really changed the way I look at my own power structure. That I think it actually fits a lot more in with MS than it does with DS. I mean, I know a lot of people use the word. Um, like 24-7 submiss- DS or um, or TPE, total power exchange with DS. Mm-hmm. And I think those are getting at some very, very similar things that MS theory to me does as well. But um, but I think there's also something in the owner ownership and possession of MS that is, that is uh, different. I don't know. I don't, I'm still struggling with how to explain all of that. I've been working on a series of essays, actually, um, of just like how my own DS became MS, where that line is, what the difference is. And that's one of the things that um, has really been inspiring me to put together this submissive playground, which is the project that I also really wanted to talk to you about. And that's what the S-type quiz is for, right? uh, Well, I was, I was, um, I've got a crap ton of questions about the submissive playground. Uh, and in fact, I'm wondering, well, let's talk about that. And, and, we'll, and I've got some other questions about your relationship. And I have a feeling it probably some of that ties into the submissive playground too. Uh, maybe some of the ideas that came from it or something. But um, so you actually sent me a preview of the submissive playground when you're putting it together. <clears throat> and I was like, whoa, this is a, this is actually a pretty big endeavor. Can you explain what the submissive playground is? Yes. Submissive playground is an e-course. So it's all completely online. The tagline is um, five weeks of creative, sexy explorations to take your submissive submission deeper. So it's five weeks e-course. Uh, each week we'll have a one call, uh, what I'm calling the weekly session, um, where every excuse me, where everybody gets on a um, on a conference call basically and has conversations about each each week's lessons and uh, homework. And um, there's a variety of tasks and things to explore things to watch and read there's going to be some porn there's going to be some erotica there's going to be some essays about theory um there's going to be worksheets to fill out there's going to be a submissive journal to follow um there's uh and then there's games of all sorts so the idea is not actually that it's a a a learning course or a teaching course in the traditional way i'm not going to teach you how to be submissive i'm assuming that you are submissive but that wherever you are in your submission, that you can elevate it somewhere more. Uh, you can get it, take it a little deeper, get it a little more, act, to, act you know, act on it a little more, 
feel in subspace a little more. And, um, and so we're going to practice that through each of the, of the weeks. So it's broken up into BDSM of the four weeks or B BDS and M first week is bondage and kinky sex. Second week D is discipline. Um, where we're going to talk about rules and protocol and obedience, and then also punishment. Uh, S the third week is service. So there's going to be a whole unit on service and M the last week is masochism as well as motivation and, um, and myths of, of S types in general. This is, um, this is, I mean, cause when I first, when I first, uh, thought of this idea, when I, when I, when I saw what it was without, and this is before I actually read deeper into it, that there used to be, I don't know if it's still there. There was a, uh, sort of something not, I mean, when I say similar, I mean, it was like one ten one thousand similar <laughs> to this, but it was the closest thing to it. Um, that it was just, um, I don't know how to explain it. It was sort of just a, a virtual, a virtual service thing, right? Where you basically did virtual service for someone, mm -hmm. and it was sort of like a matchmaking thing. Cool. Um, you know, it wasn't actually. That was. <laughs> oh, it wasn't. Uh, it was. It was basically. It was a way for the website owner um, to scam people because they would set you up with a quote unquote dom, hmm. and this person was would email you, and it was just that. And it turned out, I mean, I found out later. It was basically. The website owner posing as like 10 different people uh -huh. and just sort of, uh, you know, anyway, it, it, this is, this is what I would have wanted <laughs> it to be because it seems like it, it's, it's, especially if someone doesn't have a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, and if they're trying to just get used to it, one of the worst things that someone can do, but it's sort of like the only option, uh, when they're first starting out and they're curious about it is like find some random stranger online. Totally. Um, or maybe they're not in a position. Maybe they're like in not not near any kinky scene, right. and they just want to experience it and find out: Is this really me? Is this what you know? Right. They want to play with it and try it on for a minute to see how it feels. Like maybe I think that would work for me, but I don't really know. And how do you pr play with that unless you really have somebody to play with? So um, currently, I'm the only dominant running the course. Although we do have guest speakers, also a few of whom are dominance, uh, many of whom are switches, um, and, and a couple of whom are, are submissives also. Um, and so the idea is to, to get some feedback from, from a dominant about what you're doing well and what you're, what you could use some work with and what your goals are and kind of just, uh, spend some time and energy really paying attention to it. I, uh, Something else that kind of brings this into mind, it, mm -hmm. it really, really would be extremely helpful is that there is a, um, there's sort of this pressure when you're first starting out, at least I felt this, that, uh, I had to sort of abide by some archetype of what a slave or what a submissive mm -hmm. was. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wasn't really myself, right. I was just what I thought was because it was the only exposure I had was either through online chat rooms or from porn. Right. So I really, I didn't really, I just assumed this is what it was. And so there were a lot of aspects of about BDSM or submission that I had no interest in, but I assumed, well, that's what you have to do because you're a slave, right? Right. You have to be like this. Um, whereas if someone was taking like a course, like if I was to take a course like this, um, there's no pressure to be something else, right? You're just sort of, 
it's it's your style of being of submission exactly that's just explored deeper type of thing exactly there's no agenda for what kind of submission that someone has to to either take this course or just to have in their life but what i'm really curious about is um is for people to be exactly where they're at and then and and often people want a little more than where they're at. So how can they keep going on whatever their path is? Um, it's not that, you know, if you're one thing, I think you have to be another thing. Um, just that, you know, what are the places that have some friction in that for you? And what were the places that you would love to do more? Uh, you know, pulling apart all those different aspects of submission and dominance for me personally, but um, with my partners of submission has been really rewarding because it turns out that like, you know, oh, what they're really into is service or, oh, what they're really into is discipline or punishment or what they're really into is, you know, the rough kinky sex, whatever it right. is. And, the, and we don't really know how to parse this all apart often. They're so mixed together in, in porn and in, in the visions of this. And I think, it's, I hope it's going to be really a useful exploration of, of each individual's place where they're at and what they're doing. Uh, you even had a, have a quiz so that people can find out. Mm -hmm. uh, you you call it S type. Yep. Um, uh, it's just a series of what 10, 20 questions. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it might be ten. Yeah. It's not. It's not it super 10? long. You're right. Right. I think it, it is. And, and uh, what I found is uh, I, I I took it uh, three different times because I have I I you know how so you can be in a mood for different things at different times. Sure. So. The, the the confusing thing, and maybe this is just confusing for me, is that I took it once knowing, okay, this is sometimes the headspace I'm in, and I took it another time in a different headspace, and I had different results every time because I have obviously had different answers, mm, right? Mm -hmm. There's sometimes I uh, – like uh, one of the questions is what's your ideal dominant type, right? Mm -hmm. And there's sometimes it's a strong but uh, dominant, you know, and there's sometimes it's horny sex pot, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's like um, – uh, and that – that is uh, – that's one of the most frustrating things I think for dominance is when you have someone who does fluctuate so much like that and not predictable. Yeah, but I also think – so there's seven answers to the quiz and one of them is not, hey, wait, you're not an S-type. <laughs> and, right, right. um, and the other six are all what I consider basically versions of, of submission. Um, one of them is, is slutty, so it's just kind of – likes sex a whole lot and wants to receive it frequently one is naughty which is kind of another word for brat that you know you want to be the one who entices someone into into throwing you down um right. one is a bottom so that i didn't generally we were characterizing it was all all the questions about the bottom type were um were about receiving bdsm play so it's kind of a bdsm bottom uh, and the uh, service was one of them, someone who really likes to do things for someone else. Slave was another, which all had to do with ownership and possession. And then classic submissive, submissive was the last one, which is um, often has to do with uh, giving over in lots of ways, not just body, but also sometimes will taking uh, orders, but uh, still maintain some of their own limits and, and boundaries. Um, you did a... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just say you did a you did you put this on your on your blog as well, and um, yeah, I posted. I was kind of 
surprised about the results, I thought. Of the, yeah, it's more than 2,000 times. The survey has been taking more than 2,000 times now. So we have a count of which results have happened most often. That is really curious to me, too. Um, but, I, you know, I also want to say the... I don't think it's as easy as just being one of those six or seven types. Like, I think we have right. combinations of all of those things. And, and I definitely think, um, you know, it can be different on different days. And, and the, especially when we're trying to separate kind of the, the service from the sex, from the BDSM, from the ownership, like those things all could happen in one person. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think getting to one answer is anywhere accurate describing one person's identity. But what I do think is that these are all kind of different type of S type um, uh, archetypes, if you will. And, uh, and that looking at the differences helps us understand what we're really drawn to and what we can work deeper in. I'm curious, how do you, how do you, how, I mean, what, what, where do you bring upon your inspiration when you're, when you're thinking of uh, coursework like this, or if you want to call it coursework, um, sure. Uh, well, I mean, it was it was like, actually my boy's idea. We I've been working on. Um, I've been talking about and thinking about building online courses for a long time. That that's been on my on my plate, and I've started a couple and haven't gotten all the way to the launching phase of them. I've just been working on curriculum, and those may still happen. We'll see how that goes. But um, but this one, he was like, you know what should happen? This this should happen, and it and he and I have been building a lot of the curriculum together. He's now my web designer, so he did almost a hundred percent of the website submissiveplayground.com um he's a a great very talented designer so that's been going really well this i think the site looks amazing um and he and he built most of the quiz i did a lot of the writing of the quiz but he built it uh we i mean we actually use an online tool that already exists so you just have to put in your own questions and kind of tell it what to answer um, but you know, one of the things, if we did another quiz, which, you know, of course, immediately the first thing people said was where's the D type quiz. And so, you know, who knows, maybe we'll build <laughs> another quiz. Um, but I would really like to find a service that will give you a percentage so that it's not just, you are a bottom. It would be like, you got 60% bottom, 40% service, you know? And right. then you're like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Because it wasn't probably nobody answered every single bottom question. So are you thinking of doing the dominant playground? Oh, I have no idea about that yet. We'll see how <laughs> this check, goes. Check for the URL. I should. Check for the I URL. I don't know there. if I have yet, actually, but uh, I, I should. Now somebody's going to go buy it after this. You just got to go hurry up and put it before this episode comes out. Right. <laughs> right. Um, it, um, I, you know, I, I think I did check, and it is, take, it is not taken. But, you know, part of it is that I don't. I don't have the ability to wrangle dominance in the same way that I feel comfortable <laughs> wrangling submissive. So there's, there's that challenge. Um, but also I've been thinking a lot about, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to teach submissives how to be submissive. I think they should learn from each other. And I think they should learn from submissives because there's huge pieces of, of skill around what submission is that I don't have because I'm not a submissive. So I, I, one of the key pieces of the course too is getting them to talk and engage with each other and then going and finding mentors and, uh, you know, they're going to have some homework that's like, you know, to reach out to the people that they admire. That's, that's ideal. Yeah, I think so too. That is, that is like one of the most important things. If someone's just starting out, finding a mentor, whether you're a dominant or submissive or whatever, that is probably one of the most important things you can possibly do. I totally agree. 
Well, and the people who have signed up, so registration's been open for almost two weeks now. It opened um, on December 1st. And the course is actually, uh, I wouldn't say full, but it's it's filling up. And um, many of the people who have signed up are in DS relationships and want a little bit of training. You know, that I've heard from two or three different dominants who have said i'm sending my girl or i'm sending my boy to your playground yeah. and i'm really excited so please train them you know and uh and so some of them are not brand new at this so that's the other pieces is, is maybe they've been doing this a long time which maybe means they're set in their ways or maybe means they just you know have gotten kind of uh complacent in what they do and so hopefully i can help inspire them to to think deeper and explore new avenues and um and find some new places that they can explore so if if a dominant comes to you and says I'm sending my sub to you, yeah. do you are there things like do you go yeah, okay what do you want to work on or is there something how do you yes yes there yeah. is we're gonna <laughs> we're definitely gonna gonna do that I've had various conversations with the dominant so far and varying conversation with with the submissives too not um, some of whom I've talked to elaborately some of whom I've just kind of been like hello you registered thank you and. Uh, there's going to be an intake questionnaire that covers a lot more of that when um, when we get closer to the course starting. Because the course doesn't start until January 2nd. Registration opened almost a month before. Right. So we're gonna, they're going to have an intake. They're going to have a, um, a place to really talk about what their intentions are for this work, um, about where they are at right now. And hopefully a little... Um, Again, another little kind of quiz to gauge where they are at with their various aspects of submission so that they can take it again at the end and see some growth. That's the ideal. So how much time, let's say, um, because you, you obviously want someone who, who can dedicate some time to this, right? Right. Um, like, well, how much time should they set aside per day or how much, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there will be about two hours of tasks every week plus the 90-minute session with all oh, the wow. players. So it's right. not um, it's not going to be you know your full-time job for 4 weeks. Um, <laughs> right. I hope that you know it, it, like many things that have homework you can do kind of as much or as little as you want. Um, you could definitely do more than 2 hours, but I think that the tasks I'm going to assign will take only about that much. It sounds like something too that the the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out exactly. of it. Exactly, yeah. And it's there are going to be many or more, more opportunities to do more than two hours, I think. But um, but I don't want it to be. Uh, I don't want people to feel guilty for not doing enough. I want what they do to be just enough. So you can you give, can me give me some examples of some of the tasks, or is it like a secret type of thing? Is there is anything you like hints you can give? Let's see. What can I tell you? Um. Well, I'm really excited about some of the videos from the guest speakers that are coming in because I'm getting those now and they are fucking rad. I I, I want to <laughs> just like tweet it to the world and tell them to go look at how amazing this guest speaker is because it's really cool. Um, but they're private. They're just for this the playground players. Um, and But the actual tasks, let's see. I've been uh, selecting some erotica lately. Um, the first one I've been looking for is really good bondage porn. Uh, there's also some... Uh, I've been talking to a couple different uh, queer porn producers about what I can partner up with them and show to the players for free. Um, and then the tasks will be related to their 
they're weak. So the bondage and kinky sex is the first one. So we're going to do some tasks around kinky sex and exploring things. I think that week might have an MP3, like a jerk off MP3 of instructions of how to get off. Um, the discipline week is going to have some, as you imagine, discipline uh, tasks. Sure. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm not going to tell you what those are. Those are going to be exciting, though. And the service week, we're actually going to practice some service, mostly community service as a way to to clock kind of the players um headspace and and tendencies when they're when they're serving i noticed you have uh fully shays on yes which is one of the guest speakers that alone oh my god if if uh if sinclair is i mean that's you're already getting a hell of a deal just by (laughs) but felice not that's because I, I've I've seen. Oh, you several have a of, crush on Felice. I wouldn't say crush, but <laughs> you I, I, just got immense respect and awe. How's that? Oh yeah, <laughs> me too. Immense respect and awe. And I wouldn't say crush, except maybe a little bit, because I think she's so amazing. <laughs> We've been Very getting so, to be yeah. good buds after she moved back to New York City, and and she's one of the dearest people that I I really miss, um, and was really sad to leave in New York, actually. Uh, Tina Horn. Oh yeah, she's amazing. Katie Diamond. Mm-hmm. She's International uh, Miss Boot Black 2011. She also created Salacious Magazine. Do you know Salacious? It's like queer, uh, anti-racist, and what's the other word? Uh, feminist smut. Uh, wow. It's I'll have to check awesome. that out now. Uh, who else do you have on your... I'm looking at the... I have Andrea Zanin, who's a, oh. an MS head of Leather Family in Toronto. She's amazing. Um, Raven Caldera, who is also an MS head of family uh in the in the northeast uh and then international master and slave 2011 liza and jody they're a a dyke couple who've been together more than a decade and they teach about relationship dynamics so those guys are all going to be guest speakers the the only other one i haven't mentioned yet is rife who is my boy so he's going to also do a video about kinky sex i I believe very cool it's probably not going to be that kind of kinky sex video, but it's <laughs> but it will be a talking video about kinky sex. <laughs> he is, I love his theories about submission, and he's he used to be an art teacher, so he's been great at building curriculum with me. And uh, really builds a great website too. By oh the way. my gosh, he's such a good, talented uh, designer. Yeah, absolutely. He and he's available for hire. So you know, if you know people who need websites and stuff, he does that thing. Uh, I know you do too, but. But yeah, he sure. I don't want, there's there's plenty of websites to be built. Oh my goodness! Out there. Um. So so uh, what? It's you said how many weeks? Four weeks. It's four weeks of classes: the bondage, discipline, service, and masochism. And then the the fifth week, we're actually going to meet one more time so that we can do the wrap up. Because then the fourth week, we'll have we'll say, and now masochism, and then you'll do all the coursework, and then the fifth time, we'll say, how was that? Let's talk about masochism and and say goodbye. I, I, uh, let's talk about the price now because you have three different three different sizes right. that people could do and um, I was really surprised at how how cheap I mean I'm not trying to make this sound like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make this sound like now how much would you pay you know $10,000 uh, no <laughs> but you have you have the broke ass package which is 150 bucks yep the star package is 250 and the fancy package is 600 that's right and people can see all the different levels on there, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, broke ass pack—that's really reasonable to for someone. One hundred fifty bucks for them to learn 
so much about themselves. This is really, that's really impressive. I'm so glad. I really wanted to make that as accessible as possible for people. And, um, and it was also, you know, given that this will be more than three months worth of work for me, I wanted to make it something that was still compensating me for my art and, and Rife for his art. Um, so, so, that, so that's all the course materials, but it's no private one-on-one -on -one time with me. So that's the biggest difference between the packages. The star package is the medium packet, middle, middle road package, and it has one session with me so I can really help shape the course for you individually, what you're going to work on specifically. And then it's going to include feedback from all the, all the, um, work, uh, the, the materials from me throughout the course. So I cannot just give unlimited feedback to everybody, unfortunately. So there's 10 sure. participants in the star package and then three in the fancy package. So the fancy package meets with me one-on-one -on -one once a week through the course. Not so side note, fancy package was my porn name. No, it wasn't. No, of course oh my not. god. Uh, uh, um <laughs> so I how, love it. How often do you think how often do you think you're gonna do this? I have no idea. This is a big experiment. As far as I know, online domination package hasn't really been done before, and I have no idea how it's gonna go. Um I hope it's gonna go great. I've got uh, quite a few people signed up. The star package is actually full, so I have a waiting list for the star package. The broadcast package and the fancy package are still available. Um, the broadcast package is not does not have a limit on it, so that's going to be open until January one. Um, and uh, we'll just see how well it goes. I'm really excited. People are already asking me if I'm going to do it again, and I I that's have great. to say I have no idea. <laughs> it's one of those things where you think, oh, this is going to not take that much time and going to be great. And now it's it's actually taking really significantly a lot of time so the next time i have three months free and want to do another course i might do it <laughs> here's what i really like i really like the fact that you are the person who's who's doing something like this because this is this also this is something that under anyone else's not anyone else's but under a lot of different people's uh guidance you know, guidance there you go under their hand it would be it would be just a just completely just a way to um, more exploitative somehow yeah just 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 to use someone is their position as a submissive just to basically get money out of them right mm. as opposed to having a journey or having having a i don't want to say having a journey but basically having a journey Maybe. right something that's exploratory and something that they learn from and they're actually going right. to get something out of it um yeah well uh, i definitely i mean i can't guarantee what anybody's experience is going to be but what i can guarantee is that i'm going to provide a lot of materials and however much you want to think deeply about your own submission will you know be how good your experience is um and it and i have a, a you know more than 10 years experience now myself of studying all of these kind of things and i am really excited actually putting the course materials together has been so fun going back into my books and being like oh mm -hmm. yeah this really taught me something about dominance and submission and this really taught me about submission in these ways because you know in addition to studying dominance uh, as someone who is now in charge of a submission submissive person i've been really studying submission submission too so that i can mm -hmm. understand it so that i can better dominate them that's really that's really fascinating that's really cool so i hope um, i hope we'll see how it goes i'm i'm a little nervous and i'm also really excited well uh, definitely let, you know, let me know how it goes. Cause it would be, this, this seems like it would be really fascinating and you know, who knows, maybe you can make this expand it to something, you know, it could just get bigger and bigger every year or every six months or whatever. Who or, knows? 
And maybe the D-type session would be something else where people want to do it again. And it's just, you know, if there's demand, I'm willing to bring my expertise, but I'm still trying to kind of figure out where, what people want from me, really. Like, I'm a, I'm a fairly public figure. And now, what can I do with that? What do you want? What, how can I help you? That's kind of where, where this is coming from. Well, the other thing, too, keep in mind, the more people who sign up, the greater likelihood you're going to move back to New York. So, <laughs> let's... Sure, we can say that. You know, we, <laughs> we haven't even talked about your wedding yet, and I really wanted to do that for at least a couple minutes, and, and um, I don't know how much more time you have, but let's, yeah, let's have a so, quick chat I mean, about that. We are... Um, oh, my God, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, no, this uh, it was one of those things where, you know... We've been together for five years, and it was one of those things we just we knew it was going to happen. Yep. Um, I, I, I remember when I came to dinner at your house, uh, Sade said, "If I never have to do another dish ever, then I will marry you." And you right. got up and did the dishes right then. <laughs> That's right. I was like, "Gonna hurry Ta-da! Uh, yeah. Actually, one thing that we are kind of not struggling with, but you know, we'd we'd like to have some sort of uh, recognition of our DS in the the wedding. But um, we're not out to our family, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of our friends that we're not out to. Sure. So the the trick is, how do you? And maybe you might have some ideas. Oh man. Um, and I I wrote about this in in on the blog. But what do you do? Uh, that's kind of secretive, that signifies some sort of DS, and is completely oblivious to vanilla people. Yeah. I, that's um, a great question. I saw that you wrote that on the blog. That was when I found out that you could work at, you were engaged. I didn't even know. Right. And, you know, as a queer person, I have some mixed feelings about weddings and the state being involved in your bedroom and et cetera. And even as a feminist, I have some challenging things. But also as a romantic, I'm just like, I like it when people declare love to each other. So, um, right. so I have the mixed I mean, feelings. But then I also... I also really have been moved by the ways that people put together these beautiful little ceremonies that are reflective of who they are in their relationship. Yeah, and our actual, I mean, our ceremony is going to be completely, there's not going to be any religion involved. Cool, there's yeah. not going to be, we're actually going to get like legally married probably, bef- you know, long before the sure. actual wedding, you know. So it is going to be more of a, just a ceremony of our, you know, of her putting up with me, basically, uh-huh. is what it is. And, um, and adoring you and being grateful for your service <laughs> and your company. Sure. No doubt. But how, but I don't know how, you know, we're open to suggestions yeah, so of how do you do what that? to do. I mean, in some ways, I think a lot of the romantic culture is all about, um, has a lot of DS built into it anyway. It's kind of tongue in cheek, but it also kind of isn't, you know, all this like, I will love you forever. Well, also I own you, you know, here's a, here's a gold ring, but that's kind of not that far away from a gold collar. Well, and right. That's true. One other thing too, that, that it might be subtle is even though we're not going to have the traditional wedding vows, we could like incorporate the traditional wedding vows, but do the honor and obey only on the reverse side. Absolutely, right? that's and one we'll thing. Honor and obey, um, and think about like what your what it would say in a contract. Because I have all sorts of obligations in my contract, for example, to my boy, that are not necessarily about you know him obey him me obeying him, but it are are about acting in my own and his best interest. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 I don't it's something we we'll have to figure that out, but. Uh, yeah, no. I, so if uh, I if if there's anyone who uh, would have this eureka moment, it would be you. I have a huh. feeling you're going to be sitting. You know, you might be sitting there. You'll be teaching a class or something like that, and all of a sudden, the idea <laughs> will pop in your head. Just write it down quickly. Okay. Say, "Excuse me, one second. Write Hold it down, on. and then tweet me, and then okay, I will we'll have it. So you know, I was just at a mast meeting, a masters and slave meeting, and it was um and like three or four of the people in there had just gotten married, and they were talking about 
the challenges of vows and what they said and what they didn't say. And someone said, oh, yeah, we had a collaring, even though, you know, nobody knew that we were MS. And other people said, oh, no, we're not doing that. You know, so that was it sounds like there's a lot of people kind of talking about that and struggling with that right now. It's interesting to me. I'll, I'll, I'll keep an ear out about it. No, thanks. Well, uh, so when's well, the date? For, Is there a date for the wedding? Uh, it's going to be in, in June. June. Well, so he, yeah, yeah, early June. And we're going to do actually do a destination wedding. And then after that, we're going to be going, hopefully, we can save up enough. This is why I'm busting my ass so much right now is that we can hopefully do like two weeks in Europe and Ooh, hit, hit, a, hit a crap ton of kinky places, you know. Oh, my God. So fun. Go to Hamburg and go nuts. But um, uh, I really appreciate you doing this, taking time to do this. And good luck with the big event. Thank you. Um, that's uh, com, But, of course, Sugar Butch is your your main website as well that people can go to. My main um, hub. Sugarbutch.net. Your main hub. Yeah, and you're welcome to embed the quiz on the Massacast blog or on the wherever if you want to share the quiz with your peoples. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and thank you so people much. Can, people can see the quiz. On, well, I'll have a link to the quiz on the Massacast website. And, and uh, um, Yeah, it was really great to touch base, and, and I can't wait to see you when you come back to New York. Thank you. I will we'll all, absolutely stay in touch. We'll, we'll have some sort of like de- declaration from the mayor revoking your flying status so you can't leave or something. So. <laughs> Thank you, Sinclair. Again, uh, that's uh, Submissive Playground, Sinclair's new venture. Uh, you can also find, go to sugarbush.net. And uh, I've got a, a link to the submissive quiz to find out which type of submissive you are. Uh, you can go to massacast.com and click on that. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And thanks to uh, Santa for stopping by. Uh, hopefully he's done draining the snake by this point. Go, I have to go clean reindeer poop out of the bathroom from the bottom of his shoe. <laughs> <laughs>